Welcome to the official unofficial podcast dedicated to Eastern Washington athletics. This is the Eagles Power Hour, an affiliate member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Introducing your hosts, standing at a staggering 5 foot 10 inches tall. He's not a myth. He's not a legend. He's just that idiot who thinks it's a great idea to paint his chest in 10 degree weather for an Eastern Washington football game. Now, based out of Houston, Texas, Kyler Neal. The other host is a local firefighter. He saves kittens by day. Talks EWU sports by night. He is six foot two without heels and has a vertical of 32 inches. Based out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yours and my favorite Eagles Power Hour host, Rusty Kramer. Without further ado, here it is the greatest podcast in the big sky the Red Turf Repping Eagles Power Hour. All right. Eagles Power Hour, how are you guys doing today? Um, yeah, this is going to be a different episode. I'm kind of in between work shifts right now. You know, I, I typically have a couple meetings. So I had a 9 a.m. meeting, a 9 a.m. appointment, and I was supposed to go at 1 p.m. That got canceled. But I still got another shift at about 6 p.m. So I decided, hey, might as well record. Let's get this out here. we got a lot of things to talk about. I mean, Eastern Washington Athletics has been all over the map this year. Unfortunately, Rusty is working, but he's got a couple really cool interviews lined up. So you guys are going to get to hear from Rusty real soon. Um, and they're going to be some really fun, entertaining episodes. So be on the lookout. Wait for one of those to drop. They're going to be real fun. But let's just dive into it. So for one, Eastern Washington basketball. What a hell of a performance by Eastern Washington basketball. Let's just talk about how our season ended. We played Blue Blood Kansas. I mean, they were projected to win by, what was it, 10 and a half, 11 points, something like that. Um, man, watching this game, Eastern Washington controlled majority of the game. We look like the better team for a majority of the game. I mean, we were able to control them. We were going up and down the, the court. Um, gosh, I mean, the Groves brothers. They were unstoppable. I mean, even though we ended up losing in this game, can we just give a shout out to the Groves brothers and how much media that they got throughout this whole game? I mean, there was comparisons to saying who's Abraham Lincoln and Napoleon dynamite on the field. You know, I got a good chuckle out of that. I think the Groves brothers will as well, but they absolutely showed what type of players they were against Kansas. I mean, Michael Meadows looked phenomenal too. Um, Aikum Jr., he was a beast defensively. He, you know, he got his six boards. All of them played minutes. I mean, it was overall such a good showing. But yeah, Tanner Groves, 33 minutes, 35 points. Unstoppable. Unstoppable in the paint. He was shooting well everywhere. But I mean, that guy was pissing off Kansas. All of their fans were hating the Groves brothers. And then you got Jacob Groves, nine rebounds, 23 points. Phenomenal. Meadows, like I said, he was able to drive down, seems like, whenever he wanted. He had eight assists. He was controlling. Um, he was able to get the ball to, you know, the Groves, everyone. It was such a good performance. But at halftime, Eastern Washington up 46-38. Everyone was feeling pretty good. Um, then Kansas kind of did what Kansas does at the, the last five or so minutes of the game. I mean, they they controlled the second half. Let's be, let's be honest. We still played phenomenal. 
but Kansas was just a different beast at the end. Uh, they wanted it a little more than us. Um, you know, that might hurt to say, but it just seems like how they played. So we ended up losing 93 to 84, but overall such a phenomenal performance by Eastern Washington. These are the games when, you know, um, experts or analysts are, are looking and they're like, Oh, most likely this big sky team is going to get blown out. You know, they're playing Kansas. It doesn't matter if Kansas had a couple people out during the COVID it's still Kansas. They're still a top 10 recruiting program in the and you know, NCAA. They, they have all the talent in the world and they get whoever they want pretty much. And it was, it was awesome to see our guys compete toe to toe with a blue blood like Kansas. Uh, we got a lot of publicity. I mean, there was one point in the day we were the number two, you know, um, we're the number two thing on tr Twitter for at least trending. It wasn't even Kansas. It was Eastern Washington. I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. So, I mean, anyone who says athletics is not an important factor for a school. When you have days like this, you can see how much publicity, how much promotion an athletics program can do. Just think if we actually invested in our athletics, what we could accomplish. I mean, it's, it's unreal what we could potentially do if we spent a little bit more, if we fundraise a little better, if the fans donated a little better as well. The sky's the limit for what this program can do. Right now, we're, we're one of the most competitive football programs. We're one of the most competitive basketball programs in the big sky. And we're not doing a good enough job, job, job fundraising. We could do better. Just think what we could do if we were able to do better, guys. You know, it, it wouldn't be the Montana show. It wouldn't be the Weaver show. It could be the Eastern show in every single category. I know I had Shantae on here last week, and he was talking before the game about how excited he was about all of Eastern Washington athletics. You know, he's like, it's not just a basketball team. It's not just a football team. He's like, the soccer team does well. You know, there's been up and down years for the women's basketball team. Um, there's just so many positives for Eastern Washington as a full athletics program. And guess what, man? We need to support them. We need to do a better job. I'm going to keep keep saying that. We do need to do a better job so we can continue the success. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, though, what a phenomenal basketball season. But we got bad news. Um, I mean, it's you, you can look at it whatever way you want. Some people are going to say it's bad news. I got to say, I'm pretty happy for the guy himself. But Shantae Leggins, after this remarkable season, you know, three back-to-back -back Big Sky title appearances. You know, we won the regular season last year. We, we won the final Big Sky tournament this year. We got to play. I mean, he's been with our program for a long time and as an assistant to a head coach. He's, he's coached some of our greatest players like Tyler Harvey. I mean, it's, it's sad to see, but it is what it is. I'm really happy for the guy. And um, some people are saying this is, you know, a parallel move or a weird move or something like that. And, you know, I'm going to give my two cents. I love Eastern Washington to death. I love the big sky to death. But at, at the end of the day, this, this isn't a parallel move. Maybe in terms of how competitive Portland was to Eastern Washington last year. Oh, Eastern Washington would have stomped them. Eastern Washington is a better team than what they have. But in terms of potential, I mean, let, let's start talking about a few things. Portland, they're in the WCC. Compare the WCC to the big sky. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be brutal. If this was maybe 20 years ago, probably a pretty close comparison. The WCC could be what the big sky should shoot for. It should be what we can hope for. But unfortunately, the WCC went off on their own, and a lot of it's thanks to Gonzaga, right? Um, they put national notoriety into that conference. They're getting high-level recruits in that conference. That conference is a legit 
two to three bid conference every single year now outside of the powers and maybe like the big East. I mean, the WCC and the RPIs was ranked above the mountain West. It's, I mean, the last few years they've gone toe to toe. And I think they have a winning record versus pac 12. And that's not just Gonzaga. I mean, they're middle of the tier program this year beat Virginia. I'm just saying the WCC is not an apples to apples comparison. When you're looking at two conferences, the big sky continues to get better every single year but we need to strive to be better. We need to strive to be what the WCC was able to do the last few years. That should be the goal. But, oh, my computer's doing some weird things. Hold on, hold on. There we go. Some Adobe page popped up, but we got that fixed. But yeah, I mean, the WCC, it's it's one of the best non-power conferences and the Big Sky still has a lot of work to do, but we have potential. We have a lot of good teams. We have some good facilities. We have some not so good facilities. <laughs> Um, but we have a lot of potential to, to continue to increase this conference. What we really need to start doing is winning a couple of these tournament games. Cause then you typically get some better seeds. Um, and if you get better seeds, then you don't have to play the Kansases of the world right away. Maybe you can play, um, you know, someone who doesn't quite have the talent of a Kansas. And then there's a much higher chance for an upset, even though Eastern Washington played extremely well and we could have upset them, but yeah, goodbye, Shante. We wish you all the best. I, I hope, Everything works out for you. I, I think you deserve every single opportunity you own. Um, and let's talk about Portland just a little bit. Guys, this isn't Portland State. You know, there, there are some people um, that I'm friends with from the East Coast who, you know, they're they're different fans from across the nation. They're like, man, this is just a lateral move. Why is he going to Portland? Is it because Eastern Washington is such in a financial crunch? No, man, this is a WCC school. They, they pay their coaches $400,000, $500,000, dollars a year. Big Sky, Eastern Washington is paying 130. Like it's just not comparable. Um, this is a WCC team who right now is not a good program, but they have potential. They're in a good market. I mean, like it or not, Portland likes their basketball. They're in a good market. If he can bring in the talent, and we've seen what he's able to do at Eastern Washington in a short amount of time. We were never a bad Big Sky team. We were always a good Big Sky team, but he brought us to an elite Big Sky team. I think he's going to be able to bring some pieces in place. And I think he's going to be able to turn around that program. And, you know, it's, I'm going to be honest, it's going to be real hard to compete with Mark Few and what Gonzaga has done over the last, you know, decade, because now Mark Few is getting top recruits in the world. I mean, he's getting top five players out of high school now. So that's just a whole different beast altogether. But let's say Sean take and in a few years, start being competitive with BYU, start being competitive with St. Mary's, turn that program into potentially a WCC tournament team every other year or every year. I mean, then the doors are really going to open for him. Just think what if he can do what he did to Eastern Washington at Portland, but at a much higher level, because Portland's worse than us. He's going to have any job he wants in maybe the power fives in maybe, you know, uh, the PAC 12, that's a rebuilding conference. It seems like besides now they have what three teams in the um, sweet 16 or is it four teams? I mean, that's pretty ridiculous because PAC 12 was pretty awful in basketball this year, but Hey, the turning is crazy, but yeah, I mean, we all wish you the best, Shante. Um, no one has ill will towards you. You will always be welcome in our stadium. One thing you just got to do, our arena, one thing you just got to do is, you know, put us on the schedule, man. I know you don't want to lose to us, but it's going to happen at least those first couple of years, so put us on the schedule. Let's see how well you got our players ready to prep for you. Um, let's make it a fun little rivalry for the next few years because – you know what? It doesn't hurt. It helps our strength of schedule. It helps your strength of schedule, surprisingly, too, since Eastern Washington is better than Portland right now. But I have all the faith in you. 
that's a solid program with a lot of potential. And Shantae, I think you could do some big things. So I'm I'm really excited for him, guys. Let's let's all give some hope. And now we're all kind of wondering, you know, the question that's lingering: Who is the new coach? Um, of course, there there's one candidate who we think is really on the rise. Who's the most likely? It's probably going to be announced within the last the next few days. Um, I think it's going to be it's got to be David Riley. I, I think he has done enough to secure this job. He is uh, he's been a great assistant. I mean. I don't even know what else to say. I'm pretty sure he's going to be the new basketball coach for Eastern Washington University. You know, Colleen would just announce that also that insider information, all reports are leaning towards Riley. And I think that's such a good fit. I love when a program recruits from within. I mean, we have done that and this is how we've maintained success. I mean, we've had Shantae Leggins. He was an assistant before. Now we're most likely going to have Dave Riley. You know, after Bo Baldwin, Aaron Best, he brought us to a national championship game. We, we do a very good job promoting from within, um, continuing to develop our coaches. So then when they do take over the helm, we don't lose many steps. You know, maybe next year is going to be a little tough. Um, J, um, David's Davidson's, uh, he entered the transfer portal. There's probably going to be another few, I would assume, just because it is what it is. When a head coach leases, especially a guy like Shantae Leggins, you know, he may even try and steal a couple guys, but hey, stay away from those groves, brother Shantae. You know, you, you better keep away. We want Abe Lincoln. We want Napoleon Dynamite. They're, they're going to stick it out with us. But I mean, anytime a coach leaves, there's probably going to be a few guys that transfer. Um, it is what it is. But yeah, I, I feel really secure with Eastern Washington basketball in the future. I feel really secure with Eastern Washington athletics in the future. If you follow me on Twitter, you've probably realized that, you know, I've had some debates over the last few days. So, you know, there's my Twitter handle, Kyler EPH. Come follow me. You can troll me, whatever you want. But, you know, there's still this giant narrative about Eastern Washington's in the worst place it's ever been financially and athletic wise. No, we're not. <laughs> like, literally. Last year, or the last full season before COVID, 2019 was the best financial year we've ever had in athletics. And then the faculty report came out. So, like, it's pushing a false narrative. And the picture group kind of showed that the faculty report was a false narrative. I, I don't think we're going anywhere, but I've been battling on Twitter, and I'm trying to do it respectfully. So, you know, hopefully I don't come off like a dick on Twitter, because sometimes I will, and I don't mean to, but um, sometimes it's hard to get dialogue dialogue across when you're in social media and it's limited characters, only what you could type. So, um, I mean, if anyone ever wants to have a true conversation, you guys are always welcome on our podcast. We can have debates. You can have questions. I will talk about anything, but you know, we were having a little bit of a debate with, with, um, you know, a local news personality. And he was basically saying, Hey, let's, if I'm an Eastern Washington basketball player, the uncertainty of the athletics department, I would transfer. And I, I kind of, Got on a little bit on him, but you know, if you read the thread, you can just follow me. You'll see it. I think I did it in a respectful manner saying, I respect everything you've done. Um, you are a great personality. You've done a lot of things for the community and I respect all of it. And hopefully he's going to join my, my podcast in the next few weeks. I think it'll be a great conversation because, you know, I, I would like to have an open conversation where maybe it doesn't come off as dickish on Twitter. But basically I said, I think posting something like this is very irresponsible especially when you have the name recognition and the power you do in the local community. Because right now, the picture report, in my opinion, had overwhelming findings that 
all we need to do is do a better job fundraising. And the D1 athletics question is not really a question. You know, in 2019, we were not one of the four big sky teams that lost revenue that year. We had a profit. I mean, it is what it is. We Montana state lost a little bit of money. Idaho lost a little bit of money. Idaho state lost a little bit of money. Southern Utah lost a little bit of money. Eastern Washington didn't lose money for the first time in ever. I'm pretty sure it's ever. I, I could be making up that, but like, and then, then we get all these reportings after we finally have a successful year financially. And now it's like, oh no, Eastern Washington's in the worst state ever because a few faculty members don't support Eastern Washington and athletics. And even if they support athletics, they don't see the benefit in athletics. You know, there was argument over this weekend when Eastern Washington lost Kansas. When we were trending number two, he's like, yeah, it was great to see Eastern Washington, but this doesn't change any type of exposure. The hell it doesn't. <laughs> we were number two trending on Twitter. When we won a national championship in football, attendance increased. There, There's no supporting data from this faculty report or from anyone that's saying athletics hurts the actual school. The picture report kind of proved the opposite. Athletics, especially at the D1 level, actually helps your school. Um, it puts a more name recognition on the school. I, for one, is a I'm a kid who went to Eastern Washington. I only applied to a few schools. Eastern Washington was the only one I applied to that was Division One. If Eastern Washington wasn't Division One sport, I would have went to Central Washington. I would have went to Western Washington. I would have went to one of these other schools besides the one in Cheney far away from where I lived. I would have went to one of the closer schools that I knew more about. But the only reason why I went to Cheney, they had a Division One team. There was a potential chance for them to go to March Madness, and I wanted to be a school. I wanted to go to a school who has a potential chance to go to March Madness. I mean, it is what it is. That's how I made my decision. That's how some kids make their decisions. And, uh, I mean, when you looked at the Pictor report, I think it was like 1,300 kids or something, current students. They said, what well, athletics was one of the reasons that made their decision to come to Eastern. Maybe it wasn't their full decision. But maybe even 200 kids, let's say out of 200 kids a year, that was their decision. They wanted to come to Eastern Washington because of the athletics. And I'm not even talking about the scholarship kids, but maybe just kids like me. Still a good amount of money every single year for, for, for the campus. I mean, every little bit helps, right? But yeah, I mean, so I got I got them on Twitter and said this was a little bit of an irresponsible post, especially because of your name brand, that basically you're telling kids they shouldn't go to Eastern Washington because there's some type of financial burden or there's a narrative that we're going to be completely losing our athletics department. And that's just not the case. I mean, th when you talk to anyone in the actual administration or the president, they have no desire to drop down. They hire this third-party audit to see what are our options. And overwhelming, the support was saying, fundraise a little better. And there's way more promise to having a Division I athletics program than dropping down. If you drop down, there's going to be a whole bunch of trickle-down effects. All it's saying is just do a better job fundraising. And that is something that is very true. We all need to do a better job. We all need to do our job. If you want to continue to see Eastern Washington be successful, we need to do better as fans, as a school, as an administration. We need to get on the phone and start calling other corporations. But I'm not on the inside. It is what it is. It's just my opinion. But yeah, I just thought it was irresponsible. And until it's set in stone or something like that, I'm going to continue to keep talking to people on Twitter saying this is just a false narrative that has no true value or true meaning until it's there. So, you know, sorry for my rant. Um, this isn't going to be a giant, crazy long show, but we do want to talk about a few things. Okay. This next one is really exciting, but 
You know, I got some allergies, so hold on. I need to take another drink of water. Oh, my throat. But, okay. The return of Bo Baldwin. All right, let's 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 just do a little bit of recap because Bo Baldwin, I got to say, he is one of the probably outside of, you know, maybe Bobby Houck. He's probably the greatest coach in Big Sky history. I mean, he started at Eastern Washington as really our offensive coordinator and QB coach. Um, you know, we, we took him from Central Washington, and now our new OC is from Central Washington. We do a good job recruiting from Central Washington, right? And after he was our OC and QB coach, he became the head coach of Central Washington for one year, and then we took him right back. We said, after Paul Wolf left for WSU, we said, Bo, we need you, man. And he really took Eastern Washington to new heights. Eastern Washington would not be the same Eastern Washington if it wasn't for Bo Baldwin. And, you know, I have a little bit of maybe even bias towards Bo just because I went to Eastern Washington from 2007 to 2011. That, that was the prime, prime Bo era. You know, it, it started turning a new leaf for Eastern Washington athletics, for Eastern Washington football in general. And we saw such big changes. But let's give a little bit of background on what Bo did for us. So for one, he, let's see. Oh, I just had it all up and then it moved. Okay, so at Eastern Washington, his first year with us, 2008, six and five overall. This was probably one of our worst Big Sky standing records in the last, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years, whatever. But uh, he finished five and three in the conference. We finished tied for third. Now, Eastern Washington in 2009, he started stepping it up. We went eight and four. We um, went six and two in conference, tied for second place. And we got to the playoffs and we lost the first round of the playoffs. Okay. But. We got to see some playoffs again for the first time since, I mean, we saw it in what, 2007. I think we played App State and got beat or something like that. Or maybe it was Stephen F. Austin. Um, but in 2010, 13 and two, this is kind of the pride year for everyone. 13 and two overall, almost lost to Central Washington. Woo, that was a tough one. We went seven and one in conference. We lost to Montana State early, I believe. But we went to the playoffs. We got some crazy things that went our way um, with, like, let's say App State losing to Villanova. I still think that year App State was the best team in the FCS, but they lost to Villanova, which means Villanova got to come to Eastern Washington, and that's still my favorite game of all time. I was that idiot that was shirtless in the front of the crowd. Um, you know, me and my three, two buddies, it was a really cold game. Maybe there was um, beverages flowing. I'm not going to say what type because this is a family show. But maybe there were some beverages flowing that gave us a little bit of confidence that said, we are warm enough. We can do this. So we decided we're going to paint our chest. It was so cold. Beverages had to be flowing. But it was EWU uh, for most of the game. Then, um, you know, the, the U had to leave for another reason, which we will not disclose on this podcast. So it just became you all game and we kept being on TV, but we won that game. We blew them out. Um, we ended up, you know, beating, beating North Dakota state the week before in a very close game that went into overtime. It's kind of the last time North Dakota state wasn't North Dakota state, but yeah, we won. We beat Delaware in the championship game in Frisco, which was the very first championship game in Frisco. 
So we are kind of the granddaddy of Frisco, even though North Dakota State kind of claims that turf. But overall, I mean, the success Bo Baldwin had at Eastern Washington, I mean, he went 58 and 14 overall. Phenomenal. Um, I mean, there was only, what, one year he did not, at least, or two years he didn't get in the top two teams in the Big Sky. And, you know, five years he, we finished first for, for Big Sky titles. And we went to semifinal, semifinal, quarterfinal, semifinal. You know, we had a lot of success under Bo Baldwin. He was able to recruit some of the greatest athletes Eastern Washington's ever seen in terms of our football program. I mean, we got to see Taiwan Jones. Um, we got to see Vernon Adams, Cooper Cup, Kendrick Bourne. You know, we got to see, we just got to see tons of people that got to play and develop under Bo. I mean, it was definitely an offensive team, but we had some defensive beasts for sure. Um, and I mean, a couple of them went pros. There's still quite a bit of CFL players. I mean, the Bo Baldwin era was a great era for Eastern Washington football. It was one of the best eras we've ever had. Now we have Aaron Best, who's brought us to a championship game. A couple rebounding years that doesn't meet Eastern Washington standard, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're going six and two in conference, most programs would love to have something like that. And that's what we consider a down year now. And that's all because of what Bo Baldwin was able to bring into this program. We have expectations that we just need to capitalize on. So Bo is returning, guys. This is going to be a fun week. Uh, to give you a little bit of background on Cal Poly this year, so or Cal Poly in general. Cal Poly, a triple option team normally. Bo Baldwin is completely changing that program. There, a whole offensive stuff. I mean, the first couple of years may be a little rough because – his type of offense does not fit any of really the recruiting that Cal Poly was doing the last few years because they were a triple option team, you know, and they were a weird triple option team where they were using power and not speed. Like, um, you know, their fullbacks, Big Joe, he was such a beast. He would run through everyone, get 240 yards, you know, pretty much a game. Um, and he was their fullback. Now they're in a spread offense and they've seen flashes of success in portions of games, but overall, Cal Poly's having a rough time to start this season. Um, and it's, you know, again, I think we're going to see them turn turn a new leaf in the next few years. And I think Bo Baldwin will make them very competitive. But it's probably going to take a little bit to get adjusted to this new system that they are running. But they lost 34-24 to 24 to Southern Utah. Um, and the game was not as close as that Scorpio Dicks. I think Southern Utah was up like 34-0 or something ridiculous like that for most of the game. They were in complete control, and then Cal Poly was trying to make a comeback, but was Southern Utah really even playing? I don't know. And then last week, this was a game that was pretty brutal looking. I mean, you look at the scoreboard. UC Davis won 73-24, to and 14 points from Cal Poly was at pretty much garbage time. I mean, it was... It was... A butt kicking, if you'd ever say a butt kicking is possible. And I mean, <laughs> like they had, what, UC Davis ended up having four different quarterbacks take a snap at least once and throw the ball at least once. Um, Hunter Rodriguez absolutely killed, 19 for 23, 265 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Miles Hastings, he got some playing time. Gunnar Falk, he got some playing time. Trent Tompkins, he got some playing time. They did whatever they wanted to Cal Poly. They, I mean, Cal Poly's offense didn't look good. Um, 
You know, they have Hunter Rackett, which was kind of cool. This was the Hunter versus the Hunter in terms of quarterback names. You know, you had Hunter Rodriguez versus Hunter Rackett. Um, Jalen Hammer, you know, he was playing. He wasn't doing very successful, so Hunter Rackett got in the game. And I think Cal Poly saw a little bit more potential with him in the spread offense than maybe Hambler. So we'll see what happens with Cal Poly moving forward. I would assume Hunter Rackett is probably going to be the guy. But right now, Cal Poly is just trying to find what makes them Cal Poly. And right now they are having a fairly tough time um, trying to find their new identity, but you better believe this team is going to be very, very excited when they come to Eastern Washington. It's not just Bo Baldwin. Who's on the team. Um, they, they have multiple people on the team from Eastern Washington or on the coaching staff from Eastern Washington. So it's going to be a fun time. It is a true homecoming. You know, this is our homecoming game. I think we're allowing a couple fans from what I'm aware of, but I don't think it's much, but you know, it's a homecoming game for our fans, but it's also a homecoming game for, you know, half of Cal Poly's coaching roster, which is kind of fun. We should be able to beat them. I mean, Eric Berrier is doing what Eric Berrier does. Um, Eastern Washington's offense is a top offense in the nation. Let me kind of see the stats, FCS stats. Let me Google and just kind of show you what each of these programs are. So right now, I mean, Eric Barrier is already has 1,207 yards in only three games. That's pretty phenomenal. You know, only 1,200 or 1,200 yards in three games. Um, you know, he already has 10 touchdowns. He has some interceptions, but some of those are pretty bad drops. Um, I would probably accredit two of the interceptions to him. Um, just to be honest, and not the full four, but Eric Barrier has overthrown some things, but he's also done some exciting things in the pocket that of course only Eric Barrier can do. So it, it's always fun watching Eric Barrier play. I expect Eastern Washington to be able to really sling the ball down the field. I think we're going to be able to do a lot of good things, but let's look at our total offense versus Cal Poly's. So Eastern Washington ranks number three in the nation. Um, let's see, where's Cal Poly at? I don't think it's going to be very good right now. Um, they still got quite a bit of, they still got a huge adjustment period, um, but we should be very healthy this game. Andrew Boston should be playing. Uh, Limu Jones should be playing. All these guys and all of our weapons should be playing from everything I've heard. Um, Cal Poly, number 59 offense. So they're averaging four yards a play. Um, they only have five offensive TDs, and they're averaging 308 yards a game compared to when you look at Eastern Washington. I mean, you're looking at a team who's averaging 6.2 yards a play. 14 total touchdowns, 550 yards a game. We're averaging 250 yards more a game than Cal Poly. Um, we are two and one. We had a horribly exciting game against Idaho State, you know, last last couple weeks. Uh, we had a bye week last week, but I swear we were doing everything in our power to lose that game, and we still couldn't. Um, we had some big drop passes. Uh, we had you know, there's a lot of open field on that um, defensive front where it seems like the middle of the field is always open for Idaho State. But we scored our 14 points on the last, you know, couple minutes to secure the win. Uh, we tried to give it to them and it didn't happen. But yeah, we're going to play Cal Poly just to give you a little bit of background on our Cal Poly versus Eastern Washington history. We are 4-0 versus Cal Poly. Um, the last matchup we played was really a bar barn burner. It was 42 to 41. It was back and forth. They were rushing all over us. Um, it was, it was tough, but we ended up getting the win. 
you know, Cal Poly scored 13 points in the fourth quarter to bring it real close. And I was a little nervous, but we still got the win. We are four and zero against them. Um, you know, normally our average has been 49 points per game. I would assume probably going to hit that again for, for Bo Baldwin's new Cal Poly team. So yeah, I'm really excited. We're going to do a recap episode after the game to talk about everything, what this game looked like, how did Bo Baldwin do? How did Aaron Best do? You know, this is kind of the transferring of the title. These two coaches get to actually play each other too. Um, you know, coach against each other, see who's the best dog. Aaron Vest was his, you know, OC. So it's going to be pretty fun watching this game. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous for it just because of the intensity I think Cal Poly is going to bring. Um, it's not because I'm nervous that they are a good team. I think they're a team that's really struggling right now to find out who they really are. But I mean, there's always that it factor. And when you have a team that half of them is coached by Eastern Washington, former players or coaches, I think they're going to be hyped up for this game. And I think it's going to be a different type of intensity than they have showed all season. I don't think this is a game that they truly want to lose. Um, and it's definitely not a game Eastern Washington wants to lose. Aaron Best does not want to lose to Coach Bo. You, you can promise that. So it's going to be fun to see what game this ends up looking like. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a recap episode. We're going to talk about how this game looked talk about what we need to do to still be in the playoffs. Cause right now there's only 16 teams that are going to go to the playoffs. We are man. Since that lost Idaho, it puts us on the bubble. Even if we went out, if we went out, we are not guaranteed to make the playoffs. It just depends on what some other teams do. But I think if we're five and one, if we beat UC Davis next week, if we beat Cal Poly and the, and the time with Idaho, especially if they went out until that game, we we definitely have a potential shot to make the playoffs, but UC Davis looks UC Davis looks good right now. Um, their five point loss to Weber, who was the overwhelming favorite to win the Big Sky, um, then they beat Idaho and they they kind of just bullied them. It wasn't even a competitive game. And then you see what they did to Cal Poly. You're just like, geez, UC Davis. They they for sure right now are the second best team in the Big Sky that's playing this spring. We'll just see what happens. You know, I think stylistically we can still catch them. I, I mean, but this is not a game we need to look for, you know, look ahead to. We definitely need to focus on what's ahead. And that is a very hungry Bo Baldwin and company coming to Eastern Washington and trying to throne his old home. He's trying to put his crown in the middle of the field and say, I'm still king. So it, I hope it's not going to happen. I mean, Aaron Best has lost what only twice at home since he's been head coach or something like that. Um, Bo Baldwin probably. Lost what a total of seven times in his career at Eastern Washington from at least 2010 to or uh, since we installed the red turf. So it's going to be a battle, but um, I think Eastern Washington should control this. We we look like the much better team than Cal Poly because they're still trying to find themselves, but we'll see. It, it could end up being an offensive shootout. We definitely need to fix some things. We need to fix our mentality, um, and I think we will. I think our our players are talented. All of them across the board. This is one of the more talented rosters I've ever seen, and we just need to capitalize. So I'm excited, guys. We got football back. This is now since basketball's out. We'll have a little bit of updates, but now we are fully back on to a football podcast until we cover some basketball things. And, and Rusty will have some interviews, but we're gonna, you know, focus a little bit more on football since it's still football season and try and do playoff tiebreaker scenarios, uh, post-game recaps, all of this stuff. So look forward to the content. And then in the after season or the off season, you know, we're going to follow recruiting basketball, football wise. We're going to do it all. We're going to have more interviews from former players, current players, coaches, 
you know, athletic department officials, local, local media presence is it's going to be a fun time. We're going to continue to try and grow this, but please, if you like what you hear, if you like what we're doing, if you want to support us, please give a like on all of our content. Please follow us. Please leave reviews on anywhere you listen to your podcast or watch YouTube. Try and watch this YouTube thing. It's kind of fun. Um, I have not gotten good enough at the editing yet. Uh, I've been trying to do a couple things. I'm not good with this MacBook Pro. I'm going to be honest with you. I still need to learn this brand new thing and try and figure out what iMovie's all about and make my new movies. And we're going to have some cool highlights eventually, but I want to get better at that before I just start plugging up highlights on here and then it looks like crap. So guys, thanks for listening. I hope you all have a good day. Um, yeah, man, go ease. Let's, let's, let's start doing a better job fundraising. Let's root for our team. Let's get a W. Um, it was such a phenomenal time watching this basketball program this year. Let's continue to support them next year. Let's show them that Shantae left, but we still have a solid program with a lot of solid players, a lot of solid coaches that are going to take over the helm and it's football season, baby. Let's get this W. All right. Have a great day, guys. Boom. Boom.